What's going on, gamblers, degens, and everybody else in between? This is the Gamblers Anonymous podcast, GAP, Gap for short, because we're closing the gap between you and the bookies. Happy, beautiful Thursday evening, everybody. Yup, we're coming to you guys a day earlier. We're not. I'm not here on Friday evening. We got a nice Canada long weekend coming up. Happy, happy Fourth of July to all our Americans out there. I think that's on Tuesday, so. We're coming to you guys on Friday, Junior. I'm your host for today, JG, and let's just jump right into the recap. We were not at our best last week. A couple bad beats, a couple winners, and just and just a couple straight up losers, man. We started week 32 off with under four and a half cards minus 125 in the Sounders game, and we lost in injury time. This was the bad beat I was talking to you guys about. The extra time added at the end of the game, that's the way we lost. And the way we lost, like, what the fuck is that, man? I'll try and paint a picture for you guys of what actually happened. We're at four cards in the match, and we're in in the 92nd minute of the four added minutes. And Nico Lodero from the Sounders is throwing the ball in, actually wasting time, taking his time to throw the ball in, and he's standing right in front of Orlando's bench. So the bench is talking shit to him, telling him to hurry up, because he's time-wasting. And what the fuck does this egotistical, self-absorbed piece of shit do? He tosses the ball at the bench. Not a hard throw, not a wimpy throw. Like, here, have the ball then kind of throw. And all of a sudden, this fucking ref, Pierre-Luc Lozier, is blowing his whistle like a cheap hooker on a Friday night. And that is how we got the fifth card in that match. By some bullshit, dumbass play. And since I'm talking about this game, I had Orlando full-time result plus 310 as one of my to-the-moon picks. It ended in a draw. Could have been a win for Orlando. But Maurizio, Maurizio Pereira missed an open net in the 76th minute. So 0-1 to start my locks and 0-1 into the moon. But my next lock I gave you guys Argos. Minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Elks. What can I say about the Elks besides the Elks are who we thought they were? What we thought they were. The Elks are what we thought they were, and that's why we took the damn field. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. But we did not let them off the hook. We showed them why we are the Grey Cup champs. Shout out Dennis Green for that all-time speech. Argos won 43-31. I mean, this game really wasn't that close. Pick six and a big opening kickoff return with a hit to the head gave the Elks two tutties pretty much. And their last-minute miracle score to keep it within 12. It, It wasn't that close. It was so bad for the Elks, they brought in their third string QB. The only bright spot for them was the returnability of Sims. He was he was making plays. He was their only their only light at the end of the tunnel. He that's what it was. Chad Kelly for the Argos looked good besides that pick six. AJ Ouellette ran in for three touchdowns themselves. Defense got a pick since pick six. This one was just too easy. One one so far in the locks. But the last lock of the day I gave you guys was result Canada and both teams to score minus 175. 
just fucking brutal, man. Like, Guadalupe. Are you serious? Fucking Guadalupe? Not trying to take anything away from Guadalupe. Like, hats off to them. Great performance. But come on, Canada. This game shouldn't have been close. And all you fucking little Canadian bitches who didn't want to play for Canada because of whatever excuse, give your head a shake. Like, fuck you guys. Come, we're not betting on you guys again. Not till, not till I see a change. Now, the ones who actually played, you should be absolutely embarrassed. You drew 2-2 against an unranked country. You win 99% of your games when you're priced at minus 500, and you're telling me this is the 1% you lose to Guadalupe? What a fucking joke, man. Finish the week 1-2 and two with my locks. Yeah, I'll, I'll just finish off to the moon now. Uh, we had San Jose Earthquakes versus St. Louis City FC. Draw plus 275. This one could have easily ended in a draw. But a bad penalty committed in the box by an earthquake defender. Ref did the little <laughs> VAR gesture and uh, pointed to the box. And St. Louis made no mistake about it after getting that penalty. He put it right in the net. No big deal. And then... What do you want me to say? San Jose had chances after that, but the Swiss goalie Berkey for St. Louis made a couple unreal big saves. And you guessed it, an injury time again to keep the game theirs. So we didn't hit this one either. St. Louis ended up winning full-time result, 2-1. And the final one I gave you guys, Portland Timbers versus New York City FC. Full-time result, draw, plus 260. And this one came in as expected. Game finished, 1-1, nothing really too exciting in this game happened. Some chances here, some chances there, but overall a boring-ass game to watch. No surprise here that it finished as a draw, 1-1. And you know what? I'm absolutely gutted about my Week 32 performance, so I put my ass in the gulag and wasn't coming out till I had locks and fuel to get to the moon. And that's what I fucking did. I clawed, I fought, I ran, I died. I was reborn. I'm a new man with locks to give. First lock I got for you guys. And you know the first chance I get to give you guys a bomber's bet. Yup, back to the CFL we go. Yup, you guessed it. But after last week's performance, I just can't bet on the bomber spread. But instead... We are taking the over 49 points, minus 110. Let's just say what it is. The Bombers the bombers defense is ass. Nothing else to say about them besides they've been playing like ass. 31, 27, 30. That's what they've allowed against them in their first three games. Like I, I'm tempted to give you guys Montreal's team total over 20 and a half, po- 20 and a half points, but I can't do it. I don't want to just bet against the Bombers. I want to bet with them. I just have no faith in this Bombers defense currently. And I'm ex- I'm expecting more of the same until I see otherwise. So let's just say they allow 25 points against Bombers. Still got a great offense. They just had a bad week last week. They're putting up at least 25 this week. Coleros, baby blue eyes, isn't going to have a bad back-to-back week. Same with our East- same with our receivers, especially Dalton Schoen. He just he just doesn't have bad back-to-back weeks. Brady Oliveira, he's a week healthier, so we can establish the run the run game a bit more. So 
easily they're putting up 25. So that's 50 points right there. And when looking at past results, the last 10 games between these two game teams, if the total was 49, the over would have hit 7 of 10. In the last 10 games in Montreal, if the total was again 49, the over would have hit 7 times and pushed once in those 10. So lock it in. Bombers, Alouettes, over 49 points, minus 110. Now lock number two. For this one, I had to create something special for you guys. Like I said earlier, I've been reborn from the gulag. And this lock I've created is a same game parlay from the MLS. CF Montreal, double chance to win or draw, minus 250. And add in New York City FC, under two goals scored, minus 225. And that equals minus 163. Montreal is a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team. When they play at home, they're an absolute juggernaut. In eight games played, seven wins, one loss. These guys are fucking good at home. They've only allowed three goals against in those games, two coming against Philly, and one against DC, which they lost. In those eight games, they have six clean sheets, 15 goals, four, which equals just under two goals for a game, and they allow 0.38 goals against. Maybe it's the poutine, I don't know, maybe it's the baguettes, but for whatever reason, when Montreal is at home, they are one of the best teams in the league. Now, when you look at New York City FC, as a road team, they have 11 games played, six draws, five losses, and zero fucking wins. Now you see why I gave you Montreal winner draw. Montreal only wins at home, and New York City, the best they can do is draw on the road. Now it's time to give you their goal totals. In their 11 games, they have eight goals scored. That's an average of 0.73 goals for. And only two of those games, they have scored more than one goal. They've conceded 14 for an average of 1.27 against on the road. For this game, I don't give a shit about their past. It's about right now. And right now, I'm telling you, Montreal double chance, win and draw, and New York City FC under two goals. Same game parlay, minus 163. Lock it in. Now, my last and final lock for you guys this week. We got more MLS action. For all you people out there, I was hemming and hawing between two locks for you guys, but I finally made up my mind. FC Dallas versus LAFC. Both teams to score, minus 143. I'm not too sure which way this game will go, who will end up winning, or maybe they might draw. I'm not too sure. I I just really don't give a fuck what happens. But all I know is both teams to score. Dallas's last nine home games this season... Seven times both teams to score has hit, and that was seven in a row. They average just over one and a half goals a game, and they allow one against. And when you look at LAFC, they average 1.2 goals for and also 1.25 goals against while playing on the road. So just from basic math alone, you can easily see that each team will score one goal. This time, we will go back and look at the history between these two teams. They've met four times in Dallas, and each time both two, both teams to score has hit. And in the nine total games between these two teams, seven of the nine have hit. 
So this year's data plus past data, I don't know what else I can tell you guys besides lock that shit in. FC Dallas and LAFC, both teams to score, minus 143. And if any of you were out there were wondering what I was hemming and hawing about, the other lock I had was TFC, Toronto FC versus Real Salt Lake, under two and a half goals, plus 100. I'm not going to get into it, but that's what I was going to give you guys. But I told you, I'm out of the gulag, and I got that fuel for To The Moon. So let's go. I'm going back to Montreal and New York City FC, and we're betting correct score, one nothing Montreal at halftime, plus 333. They've been leading one nothing at halftime in three games, 2 nothing in one game, and the rest have been 0-0. Zero, zero. New York City FC, they've been down one nothing three times and was tied nil-nil in five games. Because of Bet365 offering board draws, this seems like a no-brainer. Board draws is a board draw is if the score is 0-0 at halftime, it's considered a push. So to me, at plus three three three, you can't go wrong with this bet. Montreal, one nothing halftime. The next one I'm gonna give you guys. I've got a hunch that it comes in. Result, St. Louis, and both teams to score, yes, plus 260. St. Louis at home averages just under two and a half goals and one goal against. Colorado averages just under a goal a game and allows just under two goals. I can see St. Louis winning 3-1, maybe even 4-5-1. I just think they get a couple in the first half. And another in the second, maybe more. But Colorado gets a late goal anywhere around the 75th minute and on. So that's how I see this game going. I don't I don't see it even being close. But we'll just head to the last leg of the parlay. FC Cincinnati versus New England Revolution. Plus 250. This is the number one team playing the number two team. I honestly don't see much separating these teams. Cincy has struggled in the past playing New England, and I just see the same thing happening. I don't think they're taking it from them. The last two games between these two have been draws, so what's one more? And when you put the grand total together, you get plus 5,360. Put 30 on it, you get 1638. Hey, have yourself a good Canada Day weekend. To the Americans, have a good 4th of July. And everyone else, gamble at your own risk. Peace.